Chapter 14 Sean eased back into the velvety thickness of a burgundy reclining chair as he inspected the pictures that hung on the wall of Gail Harris's living room. Some familiar faces, some he was certain he had seen before yet failed to identify. A photo in a tarnished gold frame caught his eye. It was his mother, Eileen, holding the infant Sean in her arms at his baptism. She was standing outside of St. Anthony's Church with Gail by her side. Gail was holding Sean's tiny hand through the receiving blanket as she smiled warmly for the camera. Eileen was tall and slender, with only a hint of a post-pregnancy tummy showing through her peach-colored dress. Her eyes were a piercing emerald green. Her features were adorably attractive. The picture came at a time before surgeries, before the radiation therapy, before the countless trips to the hospital. When Sean was a teen, he watched helplessly as breast cancer drained his mother's life. He could still remember the look of defeat in her eyes when she surrendered her fight. Her eyes became void of all emotion and mercifully void of the pain that he knew racked her body. But the nightmare of her disease held no significance in the photograph from outside the church. She was still a vibrant woman, and he was still a naive infant. A moment he would never remember with a woman he would never forget. Gail was in the kitchen preparing a cup of tea. She still carried herself with a youthful exuberance at the age of 66. She described herself as a strong-headed survivor of the 60s. She was a flower-powered child who renounced peace and free love for responsibility and accountability. Gail's parents had disowned her for being engaged to a black man when she was in her early 20s. The turn of the decade was a time when many walls of prejudice were being demolished, but change presented itself slowly. Gail had fallen deeply in love with Reggie Harris, a truck driver from Alabama. Reggie was a highly intelligent man who could have better served his community as a doctor or a professor, a brilliant mind lost in the racial shuffle of society. The couple became married for a period of three years, and Eileen Bergen was the only person in town who remained undaunted at Gail's side. Gail and Reggie lived in a small bungalow outside of town, leaning on each other for support. But the pressures of married life, compounded by the social tensions they faced, became too much to bear. The couple parted ways amicably, with Reggie returning to the South where he eventually remarried. Gail never recovered. She never remarried, choosing instead to live the rest of her life alone. On occasion, Reggie's job brings him to town. Those times he and Gail meet for lunch. The laughter and the conversation is the same, but the stares that they receive have somewhat diminished. Reggie was saddened, but tolerant of the bigotry, while Gail hated society for destroying her marriage to the only man she ever truly loved. The loss of her marriage drew Gail closer to Eileen. They spent many of their days coddling young Sean and many evenings on the telephone discussing social and political views. When Eileen lost her battle to breast cancer, she made Gail promise to watch over Sean in her absence. She visited him as often as she could. And as the years passed, Sean's love and admiration grew for the woman he called Mama Gail. Gail entered the parlor as her parrot sweetheart greeted her with a squawking hello from his perch at a far corner of the room. She paused to offer the bird a kiss on the beak. Gail's short gray hair curled tight from a recent perm, and her eyeglasses were large by the day's standards. She had a warm smile and a resolve that could make those close to her feel more secure. And each room she entered was a better place in her presence. She sat down on the sofa next to the recliner and placed her cup of tea on the heavy oak coffee table in front of her. She looked at Sean, following his eyes to the picture that had caught his gaze. I remember that day. Your parents were so proud to have their baby boy showing him off to the congregation and the world. What a pure gift from God you were. 
The wrinkles surrounding Gail's lips nearly disappeared as she smiled at the memory. You never cried through the entire ceremony. And when the father brought his finger up to bless you, you grabbed it and tried to stuff it in your mouth. I was trying to bite him, Sean commented glumly. Gail dropped her chin and looked at Sean over the top of her glasses. You were a very good baby, and you're a very good man now. I guess someone forgot to tell Jennifer that. Gail's eyes softened as she released a sigh of pity for her godson. I'm certain she didn't mean what she said. The two of you will patch things up. No. I'm sorry, Mama Gail, not this time. Jen really ripped my heart out today. The way she was looking at me, she was waiting for me to crack and spell out a confession. Sean paused as he crossed his legs and rubbed his chin. I could have hit her. God help me, I wanted to. Sean Michael Bergen, if I ever hear that out of your mouth again, I will sew your lips shut. Your mother would not have tolerated that kind of talk out of you, and neither will I. Sean sighed and stared out of the window near his chair. A light snow was falling in sparse flakes that drifted slowly and silently to the ground. The flakes shimmered like crystals as they passed through the soft illumination of the streetlights. The allure of watching snowfall was in its peaceful lethargy. It was in no hurry to reach the ground. The street was dim and deserted as it awaited the coming of another sunrise. The surreal scene only added to the hollow feeling that was swelling in Sean's soul, a hollow feeling of remorse and incomprehensible pain. Sean had always struggled with his emotions, never knowing how to react or release what he was feeling in a proper manner. Most often, sadness was expressed by anger, and now his mind was entangled in a deep struggle, a guilt he was not yet prepared to confront. His emotions were draining him. He needed to escape. He looked back at Gail, who had picked up her crocheting needle and began to create a new afghan. He walked over to her, placed a kiss on her cheek. I appreciate you putting me up for a while, he said. You've always been so good to me. I'm glad my mom bequeathed me her best friend, and I'm glad you were there for her as well. I have to take a little walk. I need to clear my head. I, I may be a little while, so you don't have to wait up for me. Gail looked up from her knitting. Are you sure you're okay? I'll be fine. Well, if you need any more blankets tonight, there are a few left in your closet. I don't believe these old hands will have this afghan done by the time you get home. She was pleased to hear a brief chuckle escape from Sean's lips. And when you get up tomorrow, I'll have a nice breakfast waiting for you. You don't have to spoil me like that, but don't stop. Sean gave her a grin and another kiss on the cheek. Thanks, Mama Gail. I don't know what I would do without you. He pulled on his coat and stepped from the house into the frigid January night. Hunching his back against the cold, he started down the street. A torrid scene twisted inside his mind. What happened with Arlen inside of the bathroom was tearing through his senses. He was angry with himself for not controlling his temper, and angry with Jennifer for betraying him. Yet even through the anger, he could not deny his love for her. His heart had somehow become a black hole that was swallowing the rest of his being. He longed to run back into her arms, but at the same time he wanted to scream at her. Give her back the pain she had inflicted upon him. The thoughts in his head refused to cease, and he refused to deal with them any longer. The only answer he could devise was to subdue his mind with alcohol until his nerves could feel nothing. He directed his steps to McKinney's pub, vowing to not stop drinking until he could not feel the bitter cold against his skin. The brisk smack of a frigid wind caught his breath, slamming him head-on and nearly freezing him in stride. His body shivered. 
The temperature was low enough without the crisp whips of wind. He reasoned that if he could make his body numb to this cold weather, then he would certainly anesthetize his emotions, or at the very least, pass out from the attempt. 